glad you're Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you are here. We welcome everyone here today, and we welcome our guests, especially this morning. We're absolutely glad that you are here with us and hope that you'll feel very much part of our family as we worship the Lord together. Uh, let me call to your attention a few announcements that we have today. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets. Uh, those are the sheets of paper on the clipboard. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Um, and especially if you would like to be on our, our uh, email newsletter list, please put your email address on there so we can send you a, uh, a weekly newsletter uh, by email and you'll, you can keep up with some of the activities going on here at the church. Uh, we would certainly appreciate that. Also, you may know that uh, our video is back up and running today, so uh, we're glad for that. Um, we're, we're, we've been looking forward to that for several weeks as it's been down, and, uh, but we have a, a bigger and better video today, and uh, thank you to, to Tim and to many others who have been working hard to get this uh, up and running. We're, we've been looking forward to this and glad to have it couple of other things. Uh, we have Vacation Bible School in just a few weeks, and uh, it's coming up very quickly. Still need some helpers with that. Still need some volunteers, some teachers, and some workers for Vacation Bible School, and uh, we invite you to come this afternoon. There will be a planning meeting at 515 this afternoon, so I hope you can come and, and be a part of that meeting. And uh, next Sunday is a special Sunday. There's something going on this week. Is school ending this, is that this week or next week? Next week. But next Sunday, yeah, we got one another week and a half before school's out. But next Sunday, we're going to be recognizing our graduates. We have a number of graduates uh, among our family here at Community Baptist Church, uh, many that are graduating from high school and some who have graduated from college and with various degrees and we will be recognizing them on uh, on next Sunday and we have some scholarships that we would like to give next Sunday as well so I hope that you'll come and, and recognize our graduates uh, with us next week one other thing uh, we are planning our rafting trip uh, that's still on and there's a sign-up sheet right down here on the bulletin board. We need to know today so that we can go ahead and make, um, finalize our numbers with the uh, rafting company. So if you would like to go, we're leaving on Sunday. Uh, that's next Sunday, isn't it? The 25th. And we're leaving Sunday right after the worship service and driving over to West Virginia where we'll spend the night that night and, uh, and then go rafting the next day on the New River in West Virginia. So if you'd like to be a part of that, please sign up on the sign-up sheet. We need to know that today. Uh, one other thing, uh, today is another special day uh, in the life of uh, some of our church members, and that is an anniversary. The Hobsons have been married for 32 years today. I don't know how you did it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I do know how you did it. There's much love in that family, and that's, that's how they did it. 
Let's spend a moment of greeting each other. Let me invite you to stand up and turn around, shake the hands of the people. Find somebody you don't know and introduce yourself this morning. I think we're, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be the next week. Next week, it'll be starting on Monday afternoon. Next week, it'll be regular. Thank you so much. It is a wonderful thing to share the love of Christ with one another. As we begin our worship service, let us hear the word of the Lord that comes from uh, 2 Corinthians verse 13, verses 11 through 13. Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Amen. Let us pray together. Sovereign creator of earth and sky and all that we see and all that we are. Savior who loved us enough to die for us when we did nothing to merit such love. O Spirit who brings us peace and communion, renew our hearts today. Surround us with your grace and fill us with wonder and awe so that we may honor you with our gifts of love and praise. And so that we may worship you with our whole life. We pray this in the name of the Holy One who gives us peace even in the midst of conflict. Amen.
girls, it's your time, and uh, if you can come over here, Miss Mary's going to be sharing with you. You can come over to this area, you can sit on the floor, and it will be just fine, or you can sit in those chairs that are just now getting filled up. Wow, small group today. You can go ahead and have a seat. Do you want help? Okay, you take this one. All right. Good to be back. The Dunham's been on the road the last three Sundays, so it's good to be back here. You guys, I found a story for you. Can I tell you a story this morning? Is that be okay? All right. Listen to this story. There was a blind girl who hated herself because she was blind. She hated everyone except her loving boyfriend. He was always there for her. She told her boyfriend, if I could only see the world, I would marry you. Hmm. One day, someone donated a pair of eyes to her. That's pretty cool, isn't it? When the bandages came off, she was able to see everything, including her boyfriend. He asked her, now that you can see the world, will you marry me? Isn't that fun? You know what she said? The girl looked at her boyfriend, and she saw that he was blind. The sight of his closed eyelids, you know, he was blind, so his eyelids were closed. You couldn't see his eyes. The sight of his closed eyelids shocked her. She hadn't expected that. The thought of looking at them the rest of her life you know what she did? She refused to marry him then. Her boy boyfriend left her in tears, and days later he wrote a note to her saying, do you know what the note's going to say? Do you know, Kurt? I know you do. Take good care of your eyes, my dear. Before they were yours, they were mine. Ooh, I believe that girl forgot God um, and her boyfriend were always by her side. You think? All right, I've got some helpers to help me do this. These are some things to think about today when you leave here. Today, before you say an unkind word, Kels, real loud. Think of someone who can't speak. Before you say an unkind word, think of somebody that can't even talk. Before you complain about the taste of your food, Jake. Think of someone who has nothing to eat. Think of somebody that has nothing to eat at all. This is for the parents. Think we better give the parents one? Before you complain about your husband or wife, think of someone who's crying out to God for a companion. Today, before you complain about life, I think that's you. Think of someone who went to heaven too early. Ooh, before we complain about life, Think of somebody that's already went to heaven. We miss them. This is another one for the parents. Before you complain about your children, think of someone who de desires children, but they can't have children. Mm. All right, let's see. Before you argue about your dirty room, you never do that, and you have to clean it. Ooh, think of people that's living in the streets. They don't even have a room to complain about. Before whining about the distance you drive, how many parents here? Are we there yet? How much longer? 
Ooh, think of someone who walks that same distance with their feet. This is for everybody. And when you are too tired and complain about your job or going to school, think of the unemployed, the disabled, and those who wish they had your job or could go to school. Before you think of pointing your finger or condemning others, remember that no one of us without, is without sin and we all have to answer to God. And when depressing thoughts seem to get you down, put a smile on your face and thank God you're alive and you're still around. Think so? All right. Will you guys pray with me this morning? Will you pray with me, Jerry? No? Okay. Father, remind these children and all of us you are always by our sides. Gently remind us to think about others before we think of ourselves. Sending our love to you. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, sweetheart. so grateful to be here, the fellowship together, and we pray that we do glorify your name in all that we do. And one of those ways is to give back to you from our many, many blessings. So we ask that you to bless these tithes and offerings. In his name, amen.
You may have noticed that the title of the sermon today is Harmony is Most Important. And I think we have just seen and just heard a very good example of wonderful harmony. Thank you, choir, for a beautiful rendition of, of that sweet, sweet spirit, which is in this place as well. There's a story about a henpicked husband who went to a psychologist one day because he was tired of being bullied by his wife. And so the psychologist told him, you don't have to accept your wife's bullying. You need to go home right now and let her know that you are your own boss. And so the husband decided to take the doctor's advice. He went home, slammed the door on the way in and confronted saying, from now on, you will do what I say. Get my supper, then go upstairs and lay out my clothes, because after I eat, I'm going out with the boys while you stay home. And by the way, do you know who's going to tie my tie for me? And the wife calmly says, yes, I sure do. The undertaker. You know, some marriages are filled with conflict, and so are some office environments, and unfortunately, even some churches are filled with conflict as well. As a matter of fact, Leslie Flynn wrote a book titled Church Fights, and in this book, he tells about one church that was rife with pettiness and with strife. It seems that at one Sunday night dinner, the kitchen staff passed out plates of food and one deacon received his food and sat down at the table. But then he noticed that a little boy sitting a couple of seats down from him had received a larger piece of ham than he did. And so the deacon voiced his displeasure about this and people began to take sides and some said the deacon had been mistreated and others knew that the kitchen staff were too busy to try to measure out every single piece of ham. And the argument raged on until, until it was taken to court with each side suing the other for possession of church property. Now that seems unlikely, I know. A church divided over a piece of ham but things like that have happened before. William Williman tells about his first church out of seminary in a rural area of North Georgia. It seems that on his first visit to the new church there, he found a large chain and padlock on the front door. Put there, he was told, by the local sheriff. The sheriff? Why? He asked. Well, things kind of got out of hand at a board meeting last month, he was told by one of the members. Folks started ripping up the carpet and dragging out the pews that they had given in memory of their dead mothers. It got bad, so the sheriff came out and put a padlock on the front door until the new preacher could come along and settle things down, for, down a bit. That, said Williman, rather typified my time at that church. I would drive out there every Sunday just praying for a miraculous snowstorm in October which would save me from another Sunday at that so-called church. I spent a year there, he says, and that year was like a lifetime. 
I tried everything I could think of. I worked, I planned, I taught, I pled, but the response was always disappointing. The arguments, the pettiness, the fights in the parking lot after the board meetings were more than I could take. One year serving that church was all that he could handle. And he said he muttered to himself as he kicked up the gravel, as his tires kicked up the gravel in the parking lot on his last Sunday, he muttered to himself, you call yourself a church. A couple of years later, he ran into the young pastor who followed him in serving this church and Willimon's heart went out to this young fellow, a dear young man, only 23 years old. They still remember you out there, the younger pastor said. Willimon said, yeah, I remember them too. Then the other pastor said, remarkable bunch of people. And Willimon agreed without further comment, yeah, they're remarkable, all right. And then the young pastor continued. He said their ministry to the community has been a wonder. That little church is now supporting in one way or another more than a dozen troubled families in our community. And that free daycare center is going great and, and there are not too many interracial churches and, like them in North Georgia. Well, Williman couldn't believe what he was hearing. What happened, he asked. And the young pastor said, I don't know. One Sunday, things just sort of came together. It wasn't anything in particular. It's just that when the service was, was over and when we were on our way out, we knew that Jesus loved us and had plans for us, and things fairly much took off after that. Williman says, I tell you what I think happened. I think that church got intruded upon. I think that someone greater than I knocked the lock off that door, kicked it open, and offered them peace, the Holy Spirit, mission, and forgiveness. And now they are properly called church. You know, there is nothing more beautiful to God than a church that is unified. And on the other side of that coin, there are few things that grieve God's heart more than a church that is divided. And I would venture to say that not many churches have been torn by conflict like the church in Corinth. It seems that this church argued about everything. And so Paul pleaded with them saying, listen to my appeal, brothers and sisters, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. In other words, our God is a God of love and a God of peace. And those who follow our God will also live in love and in peace. And I believe that this, along with many other passages of Scripture in our Bible, point to the first thing that I want us to see today, and that is that harmony in the body of Christ is more important than theology or polity or procedure or anything else like that. Harmony is of utmost importance. I don't think I have to tell you that over the centuries, the body of Christ has been torn apart a number of times by theological conflicts. 
Doctrinal differences have plagued us almost from the very beginning. And as a result, we have, I'm sorry to say, we have a sorry history of not getting along with one another. And that's sad. As someone has said, division drives our Lord away, but harmony invites God into our fellowship. Today is Trinity Sunday on the church calendar. God in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, water, ice, vapor. There have been numbers, dozens of attempts to explain this beautiful doctrine. But let me ask you something. Do we really understand the doctrine of the Trinity? What do you think? Do we really understand the doctrine of the Trinity? I don't think we do. I, I don't know about you, but every time I have really stopped to ponder the ins and outs of this doctrine, I have come away with more questions than I have with understanding. Are God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit really the same? And if they are, are they one or are they three? Or are they three and one? And what does that mean? Is Jesus really God? Then who is he praying to when he prayed? And who did he ascend to be with when he ascended into heaven? So you see, this is, this is not an easy doctrine to wrap our brains around. It's, it's confusing. And to be honest with you, I don't think we can fully understand the doctrine of the Trinity. But down through history, have been fought in defense of one position or another over this confusing doctrine. Yes, there, has, there was a time when battles were literally fought over church doctrine. Wars were engaged. People literally died in the name of doctrinal purity. And even today, churches are being split over whose interpretation of the Bible is more correct and whose isn't. And it's a tragedy. Because as Paul has told us, unity in the church is more important than theology. Author and priest Anthony DeMello once told a captivating story about a bishop whose ship stopped at a remote island one day. And the bishop was determined to use the day as profitably as he could. So he strolled along the seashore and he came across three fishermen mending their nets. And in broken English, the fishermen explained to him that centuries before, their, their, their people had been Christianized by missionaries. And they said, we, we Christians, they said proudly pointing to, to themselves. Well, the bishop was impressed. Did they know the Lord's Prayer, he asked, and, and they sadly confessed that they had never heard of it. And, and, and the bishop was shocked by this. He couldn't, he, how could these, these men claim to be Christians when they didn't even know something as, as elementary as the Lord's Prayer? What do you say when you pray, the bishop asked. And they said, we lift eyes to heaven and we pray, we are three, you are three, have mercy on us. Well, the bishop was appalled by this primitive and almost heretical prayer. and So he spent the whole day teaching them the Lord's Prayer. But alas, the fishermen were poor learners, and, but they gave it all that, they, all that they had. And before the bishop sailed away the next day, he had the satisfaction of hearing them go through the entire formula of the Lord's Prayer without a fault. 
Well, months later, the bishop's ship happened to pass by those islands again. And the bishop, as he paced on the deck, saying his evening prayers, recalled with pleasure the fact that on that island, there were three fishermen who now were able to pray correctly, thanks to his patient efforts. But while he was lost in thought, he happened to look up and he noticed a, a spot of light in the east. And the light kept coming closer to his ship. And as the bishop gazed in wonder, he saw three figures walking on the surface of the water towards his boat. And so the captain stopped the boat and all the sailors leaned over the side to to see this amazing sight. And when they were within speaking distance, the bishop realized that that these were his three friends, the three fishermen. and, And they were walking on the water just like our Lord. Bishop, they exclaimed, we so glad meet you. We hear your boat go past island and we come, hurry, hurry, meet you. What is it you want, asked the bishop in all. Bishop, they said, we so sorry, we forget lovely prayer. We say, our Father in heaven, holy be your name, your kingdom come. Then we forget. Please tell us whole prayer again. Well, the bishop felt humbled. And he said, go back to your homes, my good men, and each time you pray, say, we are three, you are three, have mercy on us. Yes, my friends, theology is important, but theology is not the same. Theology is merely the human attempt to understand God. And let's just confess right here and right now, Our brains aren't big enough to fully understand God. And you know what that means? It means that our theology might be wrong. And so we need to be very humble about our theology and about our doctrine because we may be wrong. And most certainly we cannot elevate these concerns over love for one another. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, then I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, then I am nothing. So you see, harmony in the church is is more important than church doctrine. Love is more important than the ability to wax eloquently about the intricacies of theology because God is a God of love and peace and God seeks for us to be a church of love and peace. And this is the most important thing that God wants for us. And this brings us to the second truth that we need to see from our scripture today. And that is that true harmony does not merely mean tolerating our differences. But rather true harmony comes from appreciating our differences. My friends, as a a community, we are made stronger precisely because we are different. Let me use an analogy here. On a political level, you and I are part of the 
greatest experiment ever attempted by humanity, and that grand experiment is called democracy. Throughout thousands of years of history, kings and queens and dictators and and emperors have ruled over the mass of humanity, and it's only been within the past several hundred years that the idea has prevailed that people should be free to determine their own destiny. And it's also important for us to realize as we go to the polls on Tuesday that democracy is not perfect either. As a matter of fact, it's kind of messy. But it's a remarkable thing compared to every other form of government in the world. Because you see, it succeeds not because everybody agrees with one another, but precisely because we do not agree with one another. In every democracy, there are people both on the left and on the right. And there are some who want everything to remain the same, while there are others who want the system to be radically changed. And then there's a whole bunch of people in between. At times, one side is in control, and then for a time, the other side is in control. We swing one way and then we swing back to the other, but but somehow we all come through and what eventually emerges are policies that are somewhere in the middle, not too traditional, not too radical. And we discover that our founding fathers really knew what they were doing. And that's also the way it is with the church. Some of us are quite literal in our understanding of the scripture and of church doctrine. Others of us are less so. Some of us embrace embrace change quite freely while others prefer to hold on to our traditions. Some of us prefer music that's lively and toe-tapping while others prefer the great hymns of the church. And so the question is, can we all get along? Can we love one another, not only in spite of our differences, But can we recognize that our differences really do make us stronger? My friends, when we express our differences and pray for God's guidance, then something good and positive will come out of our shared commitment to the Lord. But if we let our differences divide us, then we will not be doing the work of the kingdom. The work of darkness and God's heart will be broken. With that in mind, I want you to know that we dare not lose time arguing over who's greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Because Christ has called us to unity. Christ has called us to service. And so I want to challenge you today to do something. I want to to challenge you to pray for our church and pray for churches all over the place, everywhere. Pray that we will indeed love one another as Christ has called us to do. Pray that God's will will be done in our midst and pray that we will be the kind of church that can lead people to life with Christ and to minister to the needs of our community with love and with peace. Paul pleads with the church at Corinth, listen to my appeal, brothers and sisters. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you.
think that's a good appeal for any congregation. Amen. It is time for us to celebrate the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. And our celebration of the Lord's Supper, our observance of the Lord's Supper is open to all in the family of God. We invite you all to participate in the, in the communion and in the Lord's Supper. We'll be using two methods today in uh, distributing the Lord's Supper. One is intinction, uh, in which we will invite, if you want to participate in this me- method, we invite you to come forward. There's a loaf of bread here with, with cups. Two people will be standing in the middle, and we invite you to come and take a piece of bread from the loaf, pinch off a piece, and pinch off a big enough piece that you don't have to get your fingers wet when you dip it in the cup, and then move it to this, move to the side and dip the piece of bread in the cup and take it, take it there. We also have the traditional method. If you do not want to come forward, or maybe you're not able to come forward, or maybe you just prefer the traditional method of communion, we invite you just to stay seated where you are, and and a couple of our deacons will come to you with the traditional um, elements, with the wafer and the cup. And when it's given to you, just go ahead and take the wafer and eat it, and go ahead and take the cup and and drink it. Uh, You don't have to wait for anything. The Lord's Supper. Sometimes we call the Lord's Supper communion. And that's a wonderful word, I think. Communion. It, it's something, in, in Greek, the word is koinonia. It's related to the word koinonia, which we translate as fellowship. It's what we have in common. It is what we have in common, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. And as I look across this fellowship, I realize that there's a lot that we have in difference, but there's also a lot that we have in common, and that's our Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians, Paul tells us to examine ourselves before taking communion, and in, when he says this, it's in the context that he's referring to the disunity of the church in Corinth. But we've been praying and we've been talking about unity today and about love and about communion. And so as we prepare for communion, let us examine ourselves. Let us recognize that we have been forgiven of all of our sins because of the love of Jesus Christ. And let us also recognize that we are called to be forgiving people. And so as we participate in communion today, let us seek unity among ourselves and let us truly celebrate communion, oneness in Christ. Now if our deacons will come forward and we'll prepare for the Lord's Supper.
The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread and breaking it, he gave thanks and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Take it and eat it. And after, cup, after supper, he took the cup. He said, this is the blood, the blood of a new covenant. Take and drink this in remembrance of me. For as often as you take this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. We are here to commune with each other and with God. We are here to recognize that it is because of the death of Jesus Christ that we are forgiven of our sins. And it is because of the death of Jesus Christ that we are called to forgive each other, to forgive others. So as we take the Lord's Supper today, as we commune with God, as we commune with each other, let us truly seek to be unified in Christ, in the love that God has given to us. We invite you to come.
God is indeed in this place, and there is a sweet, sweet spirit in here. There is a spirit that binds us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And yes, there are many differences among us, but there are also much that draws us together, and that is the love of God. Isn't it wonderful to celebrate communion together? Isn't it wonderful to celebrate the Spirit of God that fills our lives with love and with hope? What a great, great thing it is to be a part of God's family. We're going to sing a hymn now, and it's our closing hymn, Blessed Be the Tie, number 387. As we sing this hymn, if you would like to come forward and make a commitment, you're welcome to do, to do that. But I, I just want to call this a closing hymn. It's Blessed Be the Tie. Blessed be the tie that binds us together. And as, as we sing this hymn, I hope that you will really look at the words to this hymn, because it's what I've been talking about today. It's about unity. It's about oneness and faith and oneness and love for one another and in our love for God. So please pay attention. And I think we'll just sing all four verses of this hymn today because each verse is, is such a wonderful thing that talks about how a church works together to fulfill God's work in our lives. Let's stand and sing together. May the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Amen.